Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn to document their family histories and celebrate their new discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny. And we're here to help you discover your family tree from the beginning. Welcome to episode 74. Today we're going to be talking about some possibly overlooked resources in your local genealogical libraries and archives. But first, Penny, do we have wine? Yes, of course, we have wine, Amy. <laughs> I was like, how oh, you ask okay. if we have wine? <laughs> um, today, we have a Portuguese red, and it's the Quinta das Carvalhas Tinto from the Douro region. It's 2018, it's the one I had. And it is deeply, uh, deeply, deeply, deep ruby color with aromas of fruit and vanilla. And it comes from the oldest uh, vineyard in Portugal, which I thought was pretty cool. And they used a mixture of their vineyards, one from the top of the mountain, I think was for the sweeter grapes, and then one batch from the bottom of the mountain that had more structure. Mm -hmm. I guess it depends on the soil. Mm -hmm. Sure. Learning a lot here about the wines. Um, and then it was fermented in a stainless steel vat and then in French oak for 12 months. Mm -hmm. Nice. So it's a, it's a very hearty wine. Like one glass is good for me. Unlike when I drink Avaleda and I can just consume the whole bottle in one sitting because it's so light and refreshing. But we're not going to talk about that in public, are we? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's just between us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So overlooked resources in the archives and libraries. So you brought this topic up because... I, um, because well, we've used, because we've used these resources. We but. have used this resource before, but also we are planning a research trip Yay. for May. Hopefully that'll all work out because we have some things we really need to research in person. Um, and I also have a possible, uh, in and out research trip coming out. Mm -hmm. But what we wanted to talk to you about in these uh, libraries and archives is instead of just looking at the books and the microfilm and, you know, what we can see when we walk into the genealogy department is to uh, do some research into the vertical files. And the vertical files are things that are donated to the library by families or people or Genealogy societies, historical societies have yes. these over the years, right? So they're, they're in files and file cabinets back where we can't have access to them. And <clears throat> you're going to find things like personal letters, newspaper clippings, family history sheets, marriage announcements. Um, you never know what could be in there. Just could be a lot, of, a lot of fun stuff to help you in your quest. And you'll need to ask the librarian or archivist for access to them or to see a list of what is available to you so you can make your decision on what you, what you want to look for. And they will bring them out to you probably one file at a time, maybe two, because some of them can be really big, you know, have a lot of information in it, um, and you don't want a whole stack of... Or of, multiple, uh, right. Or, or a very common surname might have multiple. Yes. Verticals. True. Um, and uh, depending on the place that you're at, uh, you might be able to photograph some of the things. Um, you might have the archivist make copies for you. 
and uh, because I don't think you'll be able to make copies for yourself, but they usually will make copies for you. Um, we had the experience of uh, using the vertical files when we did our uh, trip to Connecticut. We stopped in New Jersey first, and you had a great find, which I think we've talked about before, but you still like to talk about all the time. Yeah, so, so we were in New Jersey, and we were in Morristown, and my ancestor, my, I had a patriot ancestor from that area, and I'm trying to connect two generations on um, another line, and they had the vertical files. So after I had looked at all of the uh, the other resources, the um, the genealogy um, society newsletters and whatever, I looked at these vertical files under the surnames. And if I had not, I would not have found out that I am related to... to Christopher Reeves, Superman. Da, 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 da. Yes. Through my <laughs> through my uh, paternal grandmother, um, she's like his uh, mother's sixth cousin or something like that. So very distant relatives. But we all would go back to that Morristown area in New Jersey. So vertical. I would yeah. never have known that if I had not looked in those vertical files. Yes. So, Great um, find. Great and fun. the Morristown Library is a wonderful, they've got a great genealogy section down there in the basement. We had a good time down there. Yeah. But did. I did not find the brick, I did not break through that brick wall that I was looking for. So. But you found, you found something else good. Um, so uh, what's happening with me is I'm having a chance in, uh, coming up in July, I think, to go to the West Virginia Cultural Department of Arts and Culture and History. And online, their website, uh, WV Culture, is phenomenal in uh, doing research with birth, marriage, and death records for people in uh, in West Virginia. And I encourage you to try that out if you have ancestry in that state and you haven't researched there yet. But I didn't know what they would have at the actual center, and uh, I am very impressed with their... Uh, with their list like you can go on to their website and see all the files that they they have available in the online catalog in their online catalog yes and one of the things they have let's see are two uh, they have three vertical files listed two are clippings and one is a surname so when you click on the Clippings list, and you can you just click vertical files clipping, and it gives you a huge list of all the the topics that the are in these files. Just and it's just amazing, and it covers the usual stuff like adoptions, schools, counties, but also some other items that you wouldn't think to look at, like beekeeping, maple syrup. Mushrooms. I'm not really sure how my ancestor would relate to mushrooms, but they could be a beekeeper. They could. And then you could take up beekeeping. You yes. Know? You could become a beekeeper <laughs> because that is a tradition in your family. In my family. But yes. no, those, those sorts of things are really cool because you, it may not even mention your ancestor, but it might give you what's going on during the time period when your ancestor lived in that community. So it gives you a better understanding of the community, the environment, how your ancestor might have been living and interacting with the beekeepers, or who the beekeeper was that your ancestor was getting their honey from. Yes. You know? That, that is a good point. I think point. that's very important. That is a good point. And I'm going to interject in here something, because you made me think of it. 
This past weekend, um, I was in New York, and if you follow us on social media, please follow us on social media, um, I posted some pictures from the Tenement Museum, uh, which, please go if you're ever in New York. This is a I've never been in a room. Fantastic place. Yeah. Um, they have several tours uh, for different time periods, and but one of the things I really like about their uh, tour guides, they're, they're very knowledgeable in their history, and it's not just the history of the family they researched that lived in that tenement, but what is happening around that part of uh, the city. The social history. The social history. Mm-hmm. And again, this could lead back to these things in this file, like you said, you could find out what is happening at that time period that your ancestor lived there. Mm-hmm. So if you can't find your ancestor in the vertical file surname, you might be able to find at least more about what was happening around them while they lived there. And they could be mentioned in there, too. You never know. You, absolutely, you never, you know. never know. So I'm going to have to go through that list carefully to see what might be uh, worth looking up or asking about those files. Now, the vertical files with the surnames have uh, some potential for me. They have Adkins, which is top of the list. Um, but there's so many Adkins in that area. And I, I know just even doing census records, it's just Adkins, Adkins, Adkins. So that might that's at the bottom of my, my name list. Um, but they do have one for Harold. I have a Dabney Harold that is a brick wall. I can't go beyond him. So that's a very specific name, but maybe. You know, there's probably three of them in that area. Right. Uh, Chandler, big name in that area. Those go back to the sixteen oh nine colonial times, right? And then my Stevens line, which I can take back to the early eighteen hundreds, but I can't go any further. So, See, it's, and I thought these were immigrant ancestors. I mean, that was immigrant yeah. name for you, but you, you say no, you don't, not, know yet. you don't know yet. I don't know yet. I don't know I mean, yet. I mean, obviously they were immigrant at some point, but right, you haven't been able to find that. Person. Right, right. Yeah. I haven't haven't gone back past um, Thomas Stevens, so I'm really going to have to prioritize on which files I want for that, because I only have a day. So uh, I'm really going to have to focus. And another place to look in these archives is the manuscript collection. And in the case of the West Virginia archives, I'm just going to use them as an example again, they also have an extensive manuscript collection, which includes things like account books and ledger books and guides, autograph books, poetry, Again, the list is overwhelming. And I will just say on manuscripts, when I was at the Virginia State Library, I looked, I was researching a specific family, and I noticed that someone in that family had a, there's a diary in the manuscript collection. And so I asked to see a copy of it, and they have a, a photocopy of it, a reproduction that they brought to me. And it was so fascinating to read. This was during the so towards the end of the Civil War. This was a woman who was writing this, and I was looking for specific names that she might have mentioned who were. Um, well, I was actually looking for um, a couple of people who were um, free African Americans who lived in that area to see if she mentioned them. Um, and but it was just fascinating for her just to read her day to day entries on what was going on and her views on the war and her views on the community and so. It was fascinating. Yeah. yeah. You can get lost in those manuscripts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally understand that. Um, one thing that is fast, fantastic for the West Virginia culture site is some of those things have been digitized. Right. So when I look down the list on the left-hand side, over on the right-hand side is their call number or, or something, and some of them are highlighted as if you could click on it. 
And you, when you click on it, you either get everything that's digitized in that file, or you get a more extensive list of exactly what is in that file. So you might see the file on your family's account ledgers for a company that they owned or something. And then when you click on that, you can see the years. So you might only be interested in the 1840s and you don't need things from the 1920s or something. So you could know exactly what you want out of that manuscript file. Uh, you know, that makes me think if they've digitized some things but not others, maybe they're doing digitization because it's so expensive on demand, maybe? You can might be able to ask them to say, hey, I'd like to see this, or can you give me a digitized copy of this? Maybe, I yeah. Know. I don't know how that works, but that's that definitely worth, worth looking into. Um, so there's going to be some rules and regulations when you go to the archives, uh, things that they let you take in. We didn't really have any rules when we were in New Jersey, um, that library, uh, other than I think we had to let the archivist make copies for us. Right. Um, we could take pictures. So, you know, that depends. I would think most archivists are going to want to do the copying for you for these things because some of these are small. Some of these are little clippings of things. They're not um, big pages of, of uh, documentation. You need to know if you're allowed to bring pens in. Can you bring your phone? Um, what are the rules? What are the hours? In the case of the West Virginia one going in person, I know I need to make an appointment at least a week out to even be there and a lot I think a lot of archives especially since COVID are requiring has started requiring um the appointments okay where in the past you may not have had to have one but now you might to definitely check on that yeah and I think when you make the appointment it's probably good to say these are the files that I'm interested mm -hmm. in looking at so they can be prepared for you mm -hmm. when you come in and it won't be just like a big scramble or you won't get there and be surprised that, oh, you can't get to the, you can't have the vertical files because well, they didn't tell us. The thing that we found out when we went uh, on our road trip to Connecticut, it was the same trip we did New Jersey too, but we went to the um, Connecticut our State Archives, which was fabulous. But we had looked online and we kind of had the idea of what we were looking for in the surnames. But the thing that we neglected to do was to communicate and interact with the archivists that were there. And we probably, I know, I wasted at least a good part of a day doing my own thing. And once I started talking to the archivist about the surnames and the time period, they opened up a whole another bunch of um, resources that I really wasn't aware that they had. And I could have probably utilized my time much better there if I had spoken to them or communicated with them ahead of time. Sure, we could have had a whole whole other day yeah. to, to work yeah. on that. We've got to go back. And I, I also feel like when we walked in there, we were, we were well, at least I was, I was like, yes, I'm, I'm here to research, I know what I'm doing, da-da-da-da-da. And um, I think after we were there for a day or two, they, they really took us seriously. And I think um, <laughs> they were like, oh, yeah, they, they really are here to research. <laughs> they are serious about what they're doing. Um yeah, so once we found that little room or that little mm -hmm. sectioned-off area yeah. with the old uh, documents, documents, the original documents, that, that was really wild. Cool. It was really cool because you, you know, you have requested a document, they bring it to you in the special room, and you're looking at a document that has the seal, you know, the, the wax seal, and it was really written in 17-whatever, so yeah. it was, that was really a lot of fun. Yeah. But... I think I think my favorite find in that room was finding um, the records of when... 
your ancestors had uh, conjugal relations. Like you were only allowed to do it once a week or something like that, and oh, they had right. that listed yeah. in the books. Yeah, there was some fornication going on in your family. Yeah, right? there yeah. was some. Yeah, some yeah. people were called out for <laughs> they were, yeah. doing it too much. Yeah, something like that. Yes, fascinating. <laughs> Never know what you're going to find. Yeah, sure. so I think the the rule is to reach out to the archivist, reach out to the librarian ahead of time, let them know that you are definitely serious about this. These are the things mm -hmm. you're looking at. What else do they have to offer? How can you best mm -hmm. uh, utilize the time that you have at that facility? Um, check out what the rules are. Make sure you know what you can bring in and what you can't. So you don't. The, the whole point is don't waste your time. Be prepared right. when you're ready to to go on this on this trip. And the other thing, once you're there, and if you do run out of time, if you've made a nice list of the resources that you want to check, um, or you know the data sets that you want to look at, and you run out of time, now you can, if you want to, hire someone, a local researcher, um, if you have a long list, to go in and be very specific about, please look at these you know, data sets, these records, and let me know what you find. This is what I'm looking for. And that would save you money from going, you know, a trip going back, especially if you're traveling. Um, but then it'd be very specific as to what you want. Or if it's just a couple of things, you know, maybe the archivist can help you and say, sure, I can look at that and I'll look, you know, let you know what's in there. Yes, so. absolutely, 100%. And I would also say, <laughs> let me just add one thing on top of you. Yes. <laughs> is to try it out in a local uh, library yeah. or archive even if you don't have any sure. ancestors or relatives there, just practice. Sure. Go in and see what these vertical files are like. Practice with what you can find in them, just so you have, you're better prepared for your actual trip right. when you go there. Absolutely. That's, that's a great idea. So It's always fun to just you know, go in and browse yeah. and see what's available. So I know a lot of historical societies or genealogical societies will... Um, collect those, and so sometimes they're in that society's section of the library. Um, and something else for all of us to think about: what's going to happen when our uh, when we, we're no longer here, we're no longer doing our research. What's going to happen to our research? And that's how a lot of these vertical files and these data sets have been compiled by donations. So I helped a client; um, she had both her parents passed away. And she wanted to donate her mother's genealogical research to an, a good or, or an appropriate repository. And so we ended up sending all of her father's um, research or the research on, on her father's family to the North Dakota State Archives. And then we sent all of her mother's, um, the maternal side research, to the Ohio Genealogical Society. So she donated, we organized them, she donated them. Um, and so now they're there for everyone to utilize. But the other the other thing is if it, you know you can even donate to your local even if you don't have any ancestors there you could just donate to the local library and at least it's there yeah and I'm thinking of the things that are in these files these you know like wedding announcements and stuff like that you might not think those are important but in the next hundred years somebody researching that might be you know gold for them to make a connection for something that they want so. Mm -hmm. Right. Put all your stuff in there and and donate them, and you know that it'll be it'll be it'll be taken care of. Yep, and it will be there for for everyone to to use. So yes, um, and that's why it's also important to when you know if you are looking for these types of things, go on to um, WorldCat or ArchiveNet to look to where these your family or your extended family or um, 
some local um, information could be because it could be have, have been donated far, far away in, in another state. But, you know, until you start looking for it in a yeah. um, in an online um database your person that you helped donated them to the two places that her parents where they, were where from. they grew up right where right they you came sent from. them there right, but right. she could have easily have donated them to the university of florida here because right. you know and then that would have been harder to find exactly right. for people right so that's why yes yeah. yes always something to consider so yes so utilize like i said archive net world, world cat something those types of things yeah look for those farther afield sounds so, great well Good luck. I hope you get to go to West Virginia even for a day. Me too. Me and too. And put, you know, you're taking your daughter. Well, I'm either taking my daughter or my husband. Mm -hmm. Both have mm -hmm. said they would rather spend the day alone in the hotel room <laughs> than come with me to research genealogy. Can you right. imagine? Can That's you imagine? Amazing. Amazing. Why would you want? You know, I don't understand. I, don't. I think you should have your daughter go and just say, here. <laughs> <laughs> bring me these. Go to the Files. Bring me these. She can just run and fetch for you. Yeah. I know. All right. Until, Until next, next time. time. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Please email us with any questions or comments at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, for additional resources, books, and wines. Don't forget to drink responsibly and never drink around genealogical documents.